Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I'm Gina and this is the podcast where we talk about that, past lives and the divine. We are focusing a little more on that divine timing, divine part of our lives. Today we're talking about astrology and self-care, specifically how we can use the energy of Gemini. As Meredith of Earthling Astrology always says, we are all the signs. All the signs are integrated in us somehow. So tune in to see how that works for you. And of course, if you ever have any questions, you can go to pastlivesandthedivine.com, click on podcast, and then click ask a question and uh, you can ask away. There are so many reasons why I love using astrology for self-exploration as I have talked about before, but I just, I love how I like to think about it as kind of like flowing with the energy of things that are already happening, things I'm already sensing, and I really like to use astrology as a way, just like another tool where I can kind of look in the rearview mirror and be like, hey, I was already feeling that, or hey, I was already preparing in that way. And so it's just a cool, um, I guess, validation, affirmation on the things I believe to be true anyway. So Meredith is going to be in this episode, and of course, Ashley from Ashley Sondergaard Yoga and the Yoga Magic Podcast. We are talking all about Gemini season, qualities of it, how to use it, how to use it in terms of self-care. I also present some questions to Ashley and Meredith about Dark Moon Lilith um, and then what that means in our chart. And then just this idea of, I love the way Ashley uses astrology to work with her clients in terms of like, what is the easiest way for you to get curious, stay engaged, stay motivated. And um I didn't know, but that's like, you can really look at that by looking at Mars on your chart. Hopefully I'm not wrong there. (laughs) As always, anything we mention, also links to Meredith and Ashley's stuff are all in the show notes. So before we dive in today, I just want to let you know that if you get to the end of this episode or any episode and you're wondering what to do next, you want to explore a little bit more, I suggest you head over to my website, pastlivesandthedivine.com and learn about the one-on-one sessions I do. Those are completely customized to you, your intentions, your questions, your journey. And we do those virtually, so it doesn't matter where you are. You can also peruse the shop to find some healing hypnotic tracks and um, some more specific at-home journeys coming to the shop soon. So if you're over there and you want to, you can also hop on the email list. So then you are in the know for new podcast episodes, gatherings, early registration to events that sell out a lot, which I'm thankful for. (laughs) All of that stuff is in the show notes below. All right. Are you ready? Gather around the fire. Talking about utilizing that Gemini energy. All right, talking about astrology and self-care again today, specifically about how we can use the energy of the sign, the energy of Gemini. And we're here with Meredith McCowan of Earthling Astrology and Ashley Sandergaard of Ashley Sandergaard Yoga and the Yoga Magic Podcast. 
as I've mentioned before so many times, I love how astrology puts into words things that I'm already kind of sensing, even on the subtlest levels. And it just gives me like this new clarity or understanding. And I just absolutely love it. And like you always say, Meredith, we are all of the signs. And so I'm excited to learn about Gemini today because I don't really know anything about Gemini. Uh, and I do have a few Geminis in my life. And so I'm excited to see how that all blends together. All right, you two, let's do our short intros. And uh, so Ashley, tell everybody who you are. Hello. Thanks for the old having regular. me back. Norm. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> like a pro. Um, I'm Ashley Sondergaard. I am a podcast host, host the show Yoga Magic, where we talk about self-care and self-discovery. I love to infuse astrology into everything that I do, um, but I really focus on self-care. I work one-on-one -on -one with clients to help them really create meaningful self-care in their lives and figure out how to actually get it to work. So we do that via Zoom. I host workshops. I host yoga classes. And yeah, I feel like I get to work with you two pretty frequently. I love layering in different modalities into self-care um, and astrology and hypnosis being the two at the top of the list. Yay. Yeah, Ashley. And I sometimes I'm, I don't know if you see this in yourself. I've said it before, but I just love how you kind of tie like a person's motivation to their astrology. So it's like, this is already how energy is flowing in your life. And here's how you can like hop on it. I just like the it's way you do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I learned that actually from Meredith is like how to use the Mars energy, how to use your motivation. And then also like how to actually like create habits, habit stacking and like using your moon sign. It's just funny. Like you can really pull out a lot when I don't get to meet with these people for very long, right? It's like an hour. I can learn so much about them and be able to give them all these ideas if I can peek at their chart in advance. So that's yeah. That's so yeah. Love it. Meredith. Hello, I am. Yeah, <laughs> Meredith McCowan, owner of Earthling Astrology in St. Paul, Minnesota. I am a professional astrologer. I use crystals. I'm a dream worker. I um, have a former career, corporate career, 17 years long. So I get a lot of clients that are thinking of jumping chip from that as well. You are not alone if you're listening, kind of sick of the grind and wondering what your talents and uh, passions are, which I found not until I was in my mid 30s. So so hang in there. Um, anything else about me? I think uh, I'm a regular now. So I think I've just been, I feel like kind of Captain Reapy. Um, but yeah, for the newbies out there, again, my company is uh, Earthling Astrology and uh, located in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Yes. And I love, love, love how you wrap in like the past life and like the life path stuff. That was what really snagged me. Yeah, I should say I practice what's called <laughs> evolutionary astrology. Evolutionary astrology is a theory that our soul grows and develops through lifetimes. So I think of the birth chart as kind of a conglomerate of all of our lives and lives experiences, our gifts, our talents, our baggage, our lessons. Uh, the whole birth chart is kind of a picture of past lives and what we're here to do in this life with that energy. So it's really fascinating. I've been uh, finding the more and more I practice that even Mars can be a past life indicator in the chart of maybe blood and guts or temper stuff. It's really interesting that each symbol in the birth chart, not just the south node of the moon, is playing out in a past life karma. So yeah, uh, the more I practice, the more I work with clients, the more I learn and it's magic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I never knew those two went together and I just think that is so cool. Okay. 
Gemini, let's hop in. Okay, Meredith, what do we need to know about Gemini? <laughs> All right, I'll do my quick rundown. Uh, so Gemini, the third sign of the zodiac now, we've talked about Aries, the sign of the self that sprung us to life. And then you move on to Taurus. We need clothes and food. We need stuff to stay alive. And then the Gemini energy comes in. We need to learn to communicate. Gemini is the sign of communications. They are the storytellers of the zodiac. Uh, Gemini birthdays are between around May 21st right into the summer solstice. Uh, it's an air sign. So associated with the intellect and think about air, can you catch it? Uh, Geminis can be a detached sign uh, more in their heads or in their heads a lot. And um, the, have you guys seen the movie Up? Uh, Ashley with your kids, you watch that one? Mm -hmm. No, but I've no. heard of it. Okay, well, Gina, you love dogs, so you need to watch that movie, okay? And in the movie, there's these dogs that have these collars so they can they can speak. And uh, the the um, example I give for Gemini energy is the dogs in that movie, they say they see a squirrel, and they're like, squirrel, and they get distracted. And uh, since Gemini is an air sign and a mutable sign, which means it's very changeable, very adaptable, they're highly kind of ADHD distracted all the time. It's kind of hard for Geminis to focus all of the energy that's going on in their heads. So that's the first thing I want to uh, preface with Gemini. They have a lot of ideas. They're a very, really witty, quick, intelligent sign. Uh, they might not be so great on acting on those ideas, but they're constantly thinking, constantly crunching algorithms in their head. They are, of course, the twins. <laughs> Excuse me. So uh, not only, Gemini sometimes have more than one personality, uh, even more than two sometimes, but they usually have a hot and a cold part of themselves. And Gemini, the sign is ruled by the planet Mercury, which I believe Mercury's day is longer than its year. So half of Mercury is really hot and half of Mercury is really cold, which really plays into the Gemini energy. And I'm married to a Gemini, so I get like firsthand study experience with Geminis. And one thing I hear a lot from Geminis is when they're feeling good, they don't remember what it was like when they were feeling bad. They're like, I don't know why I was feeling so bad. When they're feeling bad, they feel like they can never feel good again. It's really hard for them to merge the two very different parts in themselves. They're very disconnected um, from kind of like the more negative uh, part of themselves with the positive or the positive feelings. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. Okay. I hear that a lot. It was very hard for me to swallow that because when I feel bad, I just know I'm going to be feeling good again someday. And when I'm feeling good, I'm like, I know I'm going to be feeling bad again. I remember what it was like to feel down and Gemini's kind of are disconnected from that other part of themselves. Uh, or at least I hear that a lot uh, from the Gemini's that I talk to that's been confirmed in my practice. Um, okay, storytellers. They're usually sometimes talented with music. So like Prince is a very famous Gemini. I believe Ooh. Justin Timberlake is too. So um, like they love to tell stories. They're usually uh, talking with their hands a lot. I'm a Gemini rising. So you'll see me like flailing around all the time. You can spot a Gemini on the street because they're talking and moving with their body. Again, to tell a good story, you need to kind of incorporate that body movement. Geminis also love to get a reaction from you because they're the storytellers. Um, and this played in a lot with the former Prez, who was a Gemini, um, getting a reaction from people. I'm like, ooh, that's feeding the energy, <laughs> careful. And if a Gemini is vibing high, they wanna make you laugh, they wanna make you smile. Of course, my husband will jump out from behind the shower curtain, scare the shit out of me. Uh, that is like really fun <laughs> for Gemini, like, oh, I got a reaction. But watch the more like negative lower vibration Geminis because they'll poke and poke and poke uh, and maybe got one more like feed off your negative of energy. So again, there's a positive negative expression of all of the signs of the zodiac. 
Yes. Am I talking too fast? Can you tell I'm a Gemini rising? Like, bam, 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 bam. No, Um, I love it. I'm like (laughs) scratching down notes. I don't know if you can see me. (laughs) Okay. Um, Gemini's are the ones that ask the questions. They love information. They like facts just for the sake of loving facts. My husband's like, look it up, prove it. Uh, Gemini's are the skeptics of the Zodiac. I am actually a professional astrologer married to someone who doesn't believe in astrology. So it's very interesting how this plays out. Um, and we kind of balance each other out. We're very yin yang. Uh, but my husband will question everything. And I actually love that about him because he'll keep me honest. He'll keep me humble and keep me questioning uh, even the work that I do, which I think is important. Um, Geminis are the Peter Pans of the Zodiac. All right. So this can go two different ways. They're usually very childlike, curious, again, asking those questions. If you have a Gemini kid, it's going to be why, 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 why? Um, And in the negative vibration, the more childish, don't want to grow up, live in with mom and dad till they're 40 in the basement, whatever it is, Geminis don't always, you know, go towards responsibility. They'd rather have fun and play like board games and just kind of more childlike things, like more fun. And I, what I noticed about Gemini, especially my husband, he's so good with kids. He can like remember what it's like to be a kid, what it likes, what it's like to feel like being a kid and to think like a kid. I've seen him just turn kids around that walk into our house uh, that he works with. And he's kind of a rough and tumble guy. When we go to parties, he's the one hanging out with the kids and not at the adult table. So that's one thing about Gemini. Again, just kind of forever young. And Geminis uh, sometimes look younger than they are. Again, the Peter Pans of the Zodiac. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I think I just went through my notes and I know Gina, you've asked me offline kind of the difference again between the sun sign, moon sign and rising sign. So the sun Gemini would be more of that ego Gemini. Um, and ego is a complex thing to talk about. So I don't know what that would look like for each Gemini. And then moon sign Gemini would be more of your backseat driver, uh, not so in touch with your, uh, questioning nature, but it is part of your soul. And then rising sign Gemini, I don't think I've mentioned this on either of your pods yet. Maybe I have, but the the rising sign can also be symbolic of what you look like. Um, And I'm a Gemini rising. So I get all the time that I look like somebody else. I'm always looking like somebody's cousin, Jenny. Everyone tells me I look familiar. And even I wore my hair curly for you girls today. I know the listeners can't hear it, but like one (laughs) side of my hair gets kind of straight and one's really curly. (laughs) So this is just an example of uh, my Gemini rising where half my head is curly and half is straight. Um, And again, I kind of get like that I look like other people all the time. And I hear that from other Gemini Risings too. They're like, I'm always getting mistaken for other people or I have doppelgangers out there. So Gemini is again, very adaptable, um, flexible, land on their feet, air, mutable sign, and always, always asking questions. All right, that's my spiel. Okay, so that is really interesting. I, like I said, don't know a lot about Gemini, but I identify with a lot of that specifically I must have a face that (laughs) somehow because I'm an identical twin or at least that's what they said when we were younger I don't know maybe we aren't identical we looked exactly like we were younger and I get all the time people are like do you know so-and-so or are you related to these people do you know that you look just like my neighbor my cousin my friend my whatever and no one is ever talking about my identical twin. No one. 
<laughs> Interesting. Well, the only um, intel I have on that, Gina, is I mentioned earlier that Mercury rules the sign of Gemini. Mm. And Gina, we haven't talked about the houses. We probably won't on this podcast in depth, but you have Mercury in the first house. And the first house is identity, is the self. So you have a Mercury. I'm not going to say this word. How do you say mercurial? Uh, Look to your physical body as well. So I should say if you have Gemini rising or Mercury in the first house, this would kind of back up what Gina's telling me too. Like, oh, you get mistaken for other people as well. So it's a Mercury Gemini thing, most likely. I am like freaking out about that because even when someone goes, let's take a picture, I always go. So my right side is facing the camera because I feel like the left side of my face in pictures looks totally different. And my twin is the same, but just opposite. <laughs> wow. And she would have Mercury in the first as well. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah, that's zany. Oh, cool. That is so wild. Oh my gosh. God, all of it's connected. It is. And everyone listening has Gemini in their chart somewhere. I'll go into more of the shadow sign of the side of the sign later uh, after Ashley gives us some probably self-care tips for Gemini. Yeah. Hit us up, Ashley. What do we need to (laughs) know? Yes. Um, Also, I feel like you both look really young. I mean, not that you're old, but like, I, I think it's so age is so weird now, now that we're like in our thirties and forties. And I'm like, I have no idea how old people are. I assume everyone is 26. I just assume. I am the same. Even with kids when they're like two, I'm like, is your kid eight? Like I am terrible (laughs) with age. And yeah, Gina and I in our forties, I'm like, am I 40? I feel 26 in my head, but wrinkles and grays are coming. So (laughs) like, what are these about now? I haven't been around that long. Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk about Gemini. I actually feel like Gemini, like Gemini and Scorpio are the ones that always get such a flipping bad rap. Like it's funny to rag on Gemini and Scorpio because we, I just think, cause they're kind of misunderstood. Gemini in my mind is, is really versatile and is really, um, just really curious to learn, you know, that, that asking questions, Meredith is such a, a good, um, anecdote because, when I meet a Gemini and I want to help them use self-care, it's always like, learn, 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 take classes, take workshops, ask questions, read books, journal, and just like that constant, you know, excitement about learning. So yes, there are two sides to the Gemini energy as there is a shadow to every side. And it's kind of a gift. If you think about Gemini energy, it's, it's not, um, it's not a, it's not hidden how they're feeling. If they're super up, we know if they're super down, we also know that too. So it's kind of nice. It's like, I don't have to like figure out, I don't have to sift through the bullshit with a Gemini. Gemini, I just know where they're at and they can use that. They can use that to their advantage and say, okay, my high vibration, the the happy twin, if you will, I'm going to spend more time with that particular side of myself. I'm going to embody that side of myself more than leaning into perhaps the shadow side. Um, and you know, it's, it's takes some effort. It definitely does. Especially like, I hadn't thought about that point, Meredith, that you said that like, sometimes they don't know, like, what does it feel like to be on the other side? Mm-hmm. One really great way to use this is to ask, you know, your loved ones, like what, when I'm in a good position or I'm in a, in a good mood or like when I'm really magnetic and vibing high, like what does that look like to you? Um, and you can really play on that and live in your, your light versus perhaps the dark. So love the versatility. 
of, of a Gemini. As far as self-care goes, you know, really keeping a lot of variety in your practices will be helpful. Changing it up, listen to your intuition, go with what you're feeling, change your mind midway. You're meditating, you're five minutes in, you're like, just kidding. I want to go for a run, do it, do what you want. And again, that learning piece is so, so key. And what I think is really helpful for Gemini's is to apply their learning into social settings. So I think of like a book club, like a book club where you can talk about, let's talk about weird stuff, right? Like let's talk about aliens in a book club for a long time and just like, and really share and ask those questions with like a trusted group. That to me is the sweet spot for a Gemini. The challenge will be to like, you know, want to go into that more gossipy, more negative side. You can, you can pull yourself out of that Gemini's and again, stay in the really high vibe of learning, of socializing and yeah, just like being your true cool air signs that you are with all these fun ideas and maybe make friends or like find a partner that's a Capricorn who can apply your ideas, can actually like do the things, your cool ideas into fruition. Yeah, I love that you said that because I'm a Capricorn and my husband's a Gemini. And Capricorns (laughs) crave responsibility and Geminis don't want it. So that works out for us. And I forgot to say something, Ashley, you reminded me. Um, Geminis hate being bored. They're like allergic to boredom, just like kids. Like kids always want to be entertained. Like mom, 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 I'm bored. Give me something to do. Gemini's hate being bored. And that's where that like kind of ADD kind of like squirrel energy comes from. Their minds move so fast um, and they're the entertainers because they also like being entertained. And uh, yeah, boredom is not good for a Gemini. So I love that you said, stay busy, um, move your body, kind of like, yeah, get out and don't. Yeah, it's, it's not good. <laughs> I can be bored. I don't know about you guys. Like I can sit and stare at the wall for a while, but Gemini is no short circuit. (laughs) Uh, So what else in terms of like the shadow side or in terms of like where this energy can kind of get tricked up or like things to watch out for? Is there any more of that? Yeah, I'll start, Ashley, if that's okay, Um, unless you want to chime in. So with the two sides of Gemini, the dark side can get pretty dark. And I love that Ashley brought up Scorpio because I have some friends that have moon sign Geminis that I've only seen the dark side of Gemini sometimes with alcohol. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That, I mean, most, a lot of us can turn into a little bit not so fun to be around when we drink too much, but I've really seen that dark side come out with alcohol with the Geminis. Um, And Geminis, since they're the storytellers, they kind of have to lie or embellish a little bit to tell a good story. Geminis can be the tricksters. They can get stuck in lies. And they're so good at lying that sometimes it's autopilot. They don't realize they're doing it. Um, I used to be a fantastic liar when I was younger. My Gemini rising, I could just make up a story and believe it myself and just kind of lie to my parents, that kind of thing. And then later I grew out of that. But yeah, Gemini, the shadow side is the lies. kind of the trickster energy saying one thing and doing another um and then that shadow self can get pretty dark and when gemini's are in that negative or the unhappy twin whatever we want to call it they can completely shut down communication like cold shoulder they can freeze you out 
Um, and maybe Scorpio gets that reputation, but Gemini, again, if they're kind of bombarded with emotion, that uh, communication just shuts down. And I've experienced this with my husband. It drives me nuts um, working through it. But yeah, like my love language is words. And if we, we don't fight very often, maybe once a year we get in a, a kind of kerfuffle and he'll just freeze me out. He can literally not communicate. And I've learned to just kind of give him his space and he'll kind of like get back into it and warm up and then we can talk about it. But yeah, don't force a Gemini to communicate when they are completely shut down in the uh, unhappy twin. That is such a useful piece of information. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a fun I, one, but. <laughs> it's not a fun one. But that's why I think it can be so interesting looking at this energy, not just like sun, moon, rising, but even just like how does that fit into your chart and how does that fit in relations, right? Of like, because I, I, I wouldn't even think about that as someone who loves to talk about everything and over verbally process the thought of like shutting down and needing to take a minute. I mean, I wish I had that in me, but I don't. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's really interesting. And that's what I love about it is because if you didn't do this work, that would, I'm sure that would be like a reason for more arguments. You know what I mean? I think of the things that are unique to some of us where it's like, man, if I didn't understand that, Alex, that would really drive me crazy, but I understand it. So whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Ashley, anything in your experience uh, or anything you want to add to the kind of the shadow side of Gemini? You know, I think that again, it's like, it's a skiff that you get to see or that there, it is really clear, like the, the shadow and the light, if you will. Mm -hmm. And something that I like to offer up to Gemini's, if they are really, if it's anywhere in their chart is to do some self-reflection at the end of the day and ask yourself, what am I really proud of today? Like, what was I really proud of that I did today? And then on the flip side, what was I really not proud of. And you can start to study that and really see some of these trends. Like what is your shadow? What is that, um, more darker, um, twin side? And what's the side of you that's just really abundant and full of, of joy. How can you, how can you use those positive practices, those things that you're proud of more regularly instead of not, cause you can, you could probably fall into either naturally, right? Like you could go either way, but you can choose. You have that free will to choose the light. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that idea of being able to be mindful when you're at this space of making a decision, you know, mm -hmm. I think that comes with just practice, but then, yeah, it's like, well, you can either do this or you can do that. They're both fine, but one you're going to probably feel a little bit better in. I have a resource too, for the Gemini's out there really that are like that curious wanting to learn mindset. So I recently discovered the app Blinkist, which is like short, um, they're books. It's like books that we would all read, right? Like, um, I just finished, um, like the atomic habits. I didn't want to read the whole book. Cause I feel like I'm like, I can kind of get the purpose of this book. Right. But I don't want to read the whole book. So Blinkist is like 20 minutes and you get basically the high level, like you get the oh lips notes of it. I'm like, this isn't, if this isn't the most Gemini thing I've ever heard of, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. So like quick bursts of information. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, that is good for Gemini. I was going to say one more thing. Cause they can be more of like 
uh, superficial stuff. Um, the opposite sign of Sagittarius will go really deep and kind of consolidate all the information. We'll get to Sagittarius in a few months. Um, but yeah, Gemini just gobbles up information, just wants to learn. So quick bursts and they don't want to get bored. So longer tasks, not always great for Gemini. So I like Ashley that you brought that up, like a good 20 minute chunk of info and then move on to something else. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so as I dive deeper into astrology, just in general and paying attention to like, or being more mindful of how it is unfolding in my life, my question is, is so whatever house, I know we don't really talk, we haven't really talked about houses, but wherever on my birth chart where Gemini is, is that something like, oh, this is where I'm naturally curious. So say I was, I don't know trying to find like a lot of times when people are like oh I want to feel more joy their spirit guides will be like what are you curious about follow that um, and I'm just thinking is that kind of how does that show up or am I totally off no off you're right on Gina so you don't have any planets in Gemini Gina but the house that uh, Gemini touches in your chart is the eighth house this is a, a part of the chart of the occult, of death, of transformation, <laughs> of secrets and mysteries. So I would guess that your Gemini energy is very curious about eighth house topics, uh, oh which maybe God. we've talked online a little bit about. Um, but no, I see that yeah. for sure. You are in, you're doing some funky eighth house stuff. Uh, so you're very <laughs> curious and you'll forever ask questions about eighth house topics. Um, that's very tip of the iceberg with the birth chart, but you know, right on great question. Um, does that make sense yeah. for you? I, yeah. I talked to you about the eighth house offline before. Um, but yeah, I yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's so many good books out there. I always point everybody to Channing Nicholas's book and she's got a free birth chart thing now, but she's got an app um, now too. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm like addicted to it. <laughs> Um, but I'm learning a lot. <laughs> and then I come here and I clarify. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anybody want to add anything else about Ashley? Where's Ashley's? Oh, I just pulled yeah. up. Uh, so Ashley has uh, Chiron in Gemini and I have Lilith in Gemini for you too, Ashley. But then the third house, which is Gemini territory, which is communication, communication. And Ashley, I think you're a natural communicator, very gifted at your podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I see that you know, you actually shine doing that kind of stuff. So that's where Gemini falls in your chart. I do have a question, you guys. So we're, I know we're going to talk about like what common questions we get around astrology. So I, the question I often get from, uh, from people that are like curious about astrology is like, well, I'm on the cusp. I'm, I'm cuspy. What, you know, like, what does that mean? Yeah. And I am a Gemini cusp and my birthday is June 21st. So I'm like mm -hmm. Gemini cancer. Is that a real thing? Like, do we believe in this? I mean, I, the birth chart is what it is, right? Okay. So your question is about like cuspers. How does that play out? And you're yeah. a great example because actually you're pretty much a cusp sun sign, but you're also a cusp moon sign. Mm -hmm. um, so you can be a cusp anywhere in the birth chart. The houses can be on a cusp. The moon can be changing signs when you were born. Uh, and yeah, so Ashley, you are officially a cancer. Mm -hmm. If you do the math, um, but you're going to have a little residual Gemini, but that actually probably you would have outgrown more of the Gemini by seven or so. Um, but yeah, you are officially mm -hmm. astrologically with the tropical, a geocentric zodiac, a cancer. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, I noticed some signs being more profound, like the cancer Leo cusp, <laughs> uh, that one <laughs> kind of blows my mind. Uh, what other one, the Scorpio Sag. Um, so different cusps kind of play out differently and people come to me once in a while. They're like, what do you mean? I'm a Pisces. I'm not a Pisces. I'm like, well, actually you are. Oh, uh, they thought they were the wrong sign their whole life. Um, but again, the moon maybe changed signs the day you were born, the rising sign, you can be a cusp. Um, but yeah, cusps play out, not just with the sun sign. So I want to emphasize that. So then what does that look like? You, you embody the, uh say for me, like the Gemini energy at a younger age and then grow into it later? Or is there just like a little flavor of Gemini in somebody that's a cancer Gemini cusper? Like, yeah. what is that? Like, what is well, it? Well, it's complicated. My theory is so Ashley, for example, your son is at zero degrees cancer. And if I was going to do an evolutionary take on your chart, I'd be like, you're actually a pretty young cancer. You haven't really figured out cancer energy and other past lifetimes. Uh, maybe you've done the Gemini thing, but you wanted to kind of take in your Gemini, um, you know, gifts and throw it into the cancer vibration this lifetime. So you, I would say, have not mastered cancer energy. You are just a newbie baby figure. Okay. You're not you're like, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I actually see more Capricorn in you. Um, I see cancer as well. You're a very good mix, um, but I see more heavy Capricorn. So you're more of your moon sign. I would say, oh, and totally. you have more Capricorn in your chart. So mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if I'm answering your question. It's, there's a lot of different theories. I'm still kind of formulating mine on cusp, but of course I take it with the past life path. And I'm like, okay, well, Ashley, you chose to be a cancer. Uh, you're here to be a mother, yeah. you're figuring it out, but you might, <laughs> this might be kind of new for you as a soul. Um, Cause that's zero degrees. If you were a 29 degree uh, cancer, it'd be different, way different. Okay. So the degrees of the Zodiac uh, really play out um, with the cusp. And if you were yeah. a 29 degree oh. Gemini, you actually would have started to incorporate more cancer energy as you grow, but okay. you're moving away from Gemini, but you got some baggage there because of Chiron, which we can talk about some other and time. And Lilith, just you. And know. Lilith, yeah. There's, there's some drama, <laughs> some drama with Gemini's in past lives. Yeah. Okay. So I have questions. Is Lilith something that we could cover here right now? Like I, it's not something I ever remember, but if so, okay, probably you could talk about it for a long time. Here's what my question is. What does it mean? Like, isn't it, I guess I'm curious about it in terms of like, isn't it kind of like mother wound, past life? Sort of. Yeah, let me just do a quick astrology one-on-one on Lilith. Um, yeah. This is the black moon. This is actually a point in space. It's not a body. Uh, it is based on uh, the moon's orbit around the earth. And let me think of this apogee, perigee. It would be at the moon's apogee point, I believe, or perigee. I can't remember which one. One of them is farther closest to the earth. Anyway, it's a point in space and I'm totally messing up the astronomy of this. But anyway, it's not a body. I want to just kind of put that out there. It's a mathematical point. And Lilith um, in mythology, she didn't make it into the Bible, but she was in the Garden of Eden before Eve. And, you know, it was Adam and Lilith and Adam was kind of telling Lilith, like, men are in charge, you know, I make the rules. And this is the nutshell version of the story, by the way. And Lilith was like, F that, I am out. No, just because I am a girl or a woman, like I can do everything men can do. Adam drew a line in the sand and Lilith had no choice but to exile herself from the Garden of Eden. And she's 
pissed it came down to that so how it plays out in my client sessions is where in your life did you draw a line in the sand or someone did that to you and you felt like you had no choice to exile yourself and sometimes i have people come in that exile themselves from their family members uh exile themselves from a job situation exile themselves from a spouse i never know how Lilith is going to play out but they're usually i know it's Lilith when they're pissed they're mm-hmm. still pissed and they're hanging on to the rage. And this is a tough one in the chart to, this is another shadow piece of the chart where you got to face kind of that deep feminine rage. That's not just coming from this lifetime. It's played out before. And how are you going to kind of like change the course of it in this and forgive, <laughs> forgive in this lifetime. I did an episode on this too, Gina, um, with yeah. this amazing astrologer. Um, that's where I heard of it. Lilith. Yeah. Her, I mean, her, her, her astrology business is Lilith astrology. Her name is yes. Adama Cisse. She happens to be a black astrologer. And what she talks about and her take on it is, is really the, the feminine suppressed when like we are feminine energy or really women are being suppressed. And like you said, that we choose to break free, to exile ourselves, to get out of that situation. And we're not, we gotta, we got a little bit, nah, gotta get there. It's the, it's, it's badassery for sure. (laughs) Badassery. I like it. Uh, Yeah. I, and I think what's intriguing to me is like, anytime there's like you know, dark moon Lilith, like the dark feminine energy is just really intriguing to me because I think it's one of the most, to me, it seems like such a powerful force for transformation. And it's, it's too bad because we're all taught to repress, like just get rid of the rage, just get rid of the anger. Right. Um, where I feel like that a lot of times is like the, a force for change. So is it, if someone were to look at their birth chart, and say they were to find the placement of, do you call it Black Moon Lilith, Dark Moon Lilith? Yeah, Black Moon Lilith is, there's like three different Lilith. So I'm talking about, oh. the, yeah, Black Moon Lilith is a mathematical point. Um, and most astrologers, I think, kind of gravitate towards that one. There's an asteroid Lilith. There's another Lilith you can use, but I only use the Black Moon Lilith, which is based on the moon's orbit. Okay, okay. And then do you... If you, is that primarily past life stuff? Or if I were to look up where my Lilith is, is that kind of like, oh, that's this life? Or do most people, is that like a past life thing? Both. Like I said, I'm finding that the whole chart is past life story. So, I mean, I've got Ashley's up in front of me. So she's got some Lilith stuff with Gemini. Um, Of course, we we can talk offline what that means for each person. Um, And she's got it in the second house, which is kind of self-worth. Um, and so there might be some, actually, sorry if I'm getting too personal here, No, I am um, some shadow <laughs> work with, uh, the self-worth piece of the chart and questioning that Gemini energy, questioning self-worth, which maybe could show up as like imposter syndrome or something like that. Um, but yeah, actually, I don't know. Can you think of any time in your life where that you're comfortable talking about where you've drawn a line in the sand or someone's done that to you? Um, and it could play out in this life. It could not. And it usually does. <laughs> I, I mean, the more I talk to clients, I'm like, okay, yeah, that played, that played out. Um, or will until it will keep repeating until we forgive and learn to accept. Uh, you and I just had a reading and we were talking about this, this, like this transit right now. And I think that right now I'm really learning where the line needs to be drawn. And it, we kind of, mm. so I just, we did our recording with Gina on life between lives and like the same idea of like, <laughs> what do I, like, what do I want? Where am I drawing these lines? So it all intermixes. Um, but yeah, I feel like she, I, she's, she's really hovering. Lilith is up in my sphere right now. And I have so many lessons to learn. 
Wow. Is mine in Gemini? Let's me check. Um, okay, one second as I pull some charts. Y'all know I'm always struggling with self-worth. <laughs> um, you Who got isn't? Lilith and Libra. Oh, Libra what? next to Pluto. You've got some Lilith stuff. Um, yeah, there'd be maybe a dark side to a relationship energy, but this is uh, really layered in your chart, Gina. You got in the 12th house conjunct Pluto. It's almost like Lilith is there but untouchable for you it's like you can't grasp her energy she's more in your deep deep unconscious um she might come out in hypnosis sessions i would guess if you can't get in touch with her in waking life um again this is more house stuff <laughs> but no she's associated with a death transformation and rebirth in your chart oh okay okay Lots of karma Ooh. there. I think you've sp maybe spent a lifetime in an asylum as well. <laughs> I'm on no. <laughs> Okay. I'm so curious as to how, why you say that. But that, I've never experienced a past life like that. But okay. I do have, like, that is not my number one fear. It is? Like, some, like uh, oh, I mean, I don't, I guess maybe being kidnapped and tortured would be number one for me. Whoa. But like, my number one is that someone's going to be like, no, but seriously, you're crazy. You need to. Okay. Go. Well, I'm saying this because historically the 12th house was the part of the chart for asylums. Where did we put the crazy people that were hearing voices and had psychic gifts and all that kind of stuff in yes. history? They went to the loony bin. So Gina, yeah, you've got some shadow work to do there, which is obvious now that you're like terrified of something that I guess hasn't happened to you in this lifetime yet. <laughs> yet. Big moment, big reveal, you guys. Where are we going? But yeah, I mean, Gina, I mean, just playing around with this, like in a past life, there might have been a line drawn and you were forced to go to an asylum or place that you didn't want to be. And your soul is still pissed. You had to experience that and maybe work through some forgiveness, maybe uh, another hypnosis or meditation session around yes. where that fear is. And maybe it was a kidnapping. It doesn't have to be asylum. It's asylums, jails. Where do we put people that we didn't want to deal with? That was historically the 12th house. And the 12th house is now, I think, having a reawakening on planet Earth. It's, uh, it's not as scary as it used to be. You know, that makes sense because I do a lot of my past lives that were around, like, a lot of my fears just in doing this work, talking about this work, all of that stuff. Uh, when I would address it in with an intention statement to go see a past life that would help me understand or clear or something, uh, I so many of them, I was killed for the work I was doing. So in a sense, where do you put people that you don't like? I mean, one in the ground is one. <laughs> you know, yeah. You could put them. <laughs> That'd be Pluto and Lilith in your chart for sure. Oh, wow. That's some witchy Shit. stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Uh, okay. Anything else about that? Thanks for that little detour. <laughs> of course. I'm a Gemini rising. Like I was going to say, when I get other clients with Gemini energy, I'm like, bam, bam, we're all over the freaking place. So that's oh. the, how I naturally roll. So I'm totally. <laughs> okay, good. Works for me. Good, good. Okay. So what other questions do you all get asked a lot? Like around astrology, like just common questions or common misconceptions that maybe some of the listeners, listeners might have just whether it's about specifically like Gemini or specifically just not so specific, like just in general birth chart stuff, forecast stuff. Yeah, maybe I'll talk about one thing because I just, I just got, um, 
kind of clobbered on Facebook. Uh, so there's a confusion around like the signs and the constellations. So, you know, for example, the sun is uh, about to move into Gemini, the sign, but that doesn't mean the sun is in the constellation of Gemini. And that's where, that's the questions I get like on the scientific things and like the 13 signs instead of 12, that kind of stuff. So I want to let everyone know that I practice, um, astrology using the tropical zodiac which is based on the sun's rays hitting the earth not the constellation the sun is in so for example like march 21st is the aries point uh, we start aries season but the sun is not in the constellation of aries so i get that question a lot and then the only other thing i could think of is there's like three top questions i get in sessions which is um no maybe just two one question I get is, is that good or bad? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I, I, I say like, is that good or bad? And I, I, I always like, I, there is no good or bad. It is what it is. You get to judge for yourself whether something is good or bad. That's the free will, free choice thing. So I get, is that good or bad if you have Mars and Cancer or Mars and Gemini, whatever. Um, and what else do I get? Um, oh, the question I get a lot is, what does that mean? Um, you know, Mars and Gemini or something like, what does that mean? And that is such a layered thing. Like, what does that mean for each of us or as a collective or just you or textbook? That is like, we have to also apply our own meaning to things, our own meaning to our chart. So like, that's the top two questions I get in sessions. Otherwise I get, you know, are there 13 signs and what's with uh, my app on my phone telling me that the sun is in a different constellation than what my astrology app is telling me. So I don't know if I did a very good job of explaining that it's, it's a little complex. Um, the Indians in India, they use Vedic astrology. They actually use this ideal zodiac, which is based on the stars. Uh, I practice astrology based on our star only, not these stars. So I just want to kind of, oh, wow. Actually, it I seems like no you kind idea. of understand uh, the difference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because I mean, there's different, what it's like, plus, I don't know what the other things are, but, but like it, it can change it just on, um, yeah, like you said, app to app. And that gets confusing for people. And like, yeah, Vedic astrology versus all these, there's just a ton of different ways to look at this or even Every like culture had their own Zodiac too. Yeah. Even like predictive astrology versus like natal chart astrology, right? Like I just want to like really study your chart, which is really what I do. Whereas you Meredith have the gifts to really look at the, the transits and use predictive astrology. And, and so there's just so many layers to it, you know, mm -hmm. it's never ending. You can never know all there is to know about astrology. You can probably never know all there is to know about hypnosis or yoga. Yeah. Like that's like, this is Gemini territory, just learning. Like you can never stop learning these three things that we all practice. Yeah. And so this is a little bit off script, but my question is, I guess, thinking about what you said, Ashley, I think you said future or future planning astrology mm -hmm, or something like mm -hmm. that. But going into like eclipse season, like I know we're going into eclipse season. Ooh, and we I'm so thankful Gemini. that we this should just talk about popped that. in my head. Yes. <laughs> so my question is like, just about the energetics. Everyone seems to think it's like a portal and da, 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 da. I, anything you can share on that. Um, like what it is, the significance, or maybe even if you like to use it in a certain way, I'd be curious from both of you. 
Definitely. And the next eclipse is a month from today, June 10th in Gemini. So very uh, timely asking about eclipse. I'm so glad you brought that up. So oh, yeah, um, eclipses are a big deal at NASA. Also with astrologers, they represent beginnings and endings. They're also wild card energy. Uh, unpredictable things happen on eclipses. Uh, we had a lot of fire eclipses in the last couple of years and there were like fires. <laughs> California, Australia, just fires everywhere. I started my business, Earthling Astrology, on an eclipse, and I got a little pushback about doing that. Maybe that wasn't such a great idea, but honestly, it's worked for me. Every six months, there's an eclipse, and every six months, I hit kind of a new a new door opens for my brand and my business. So I'm actually, it took a little bit to grow, of course, any business does, but I see strides. Uh, something new and exciting happening on every eclipse. And uh, yeah, every eclipses are, again, beginnings and endings. Sometimes it's as major as a relationship. It could be a job. It could be moving a house. It could be anything, even just trading in an old shirt. Um, but you can mm. expect some door in your life to close and another one open. And it will be loud depending on where the eclipse falls in your chart. So even if you cannot see the eclipse where you live, the eclipse lands in your chart somewhere. Oh, okay. So is it that where the eclipse lands in your chart is where the changes or transformations or is that where it is? Yeah. So for example, um, I think this pod will be out by June 10th. It should. Um, yeah. the Unless something at... goes horribly wrong. <laughs> Unless that trickster <laughs> energy shows up. Uh, the eclipse is at 19 degrees Gemini. Uh, next month. So if you have any planets uh, around 19 degrees between, let's say, 16 and 23 degrees in your birth chart, this eclipse will affect you. Um, and again, it's a little complicated. You have to look at the house. We know the sign. It's in Gemini. Uh, where is Gemini in your chart? Gina, I believe you can expect an eighth house something. Yeah. And uh, Ashley, what were you with third house uh, situation? In a, an application of the eclipse energy to with self-care and just with the, the witchy, witchy rituals that we might like is that, you know, during the new moon, right, we're going to set an intention. We're going to plan for the next 28 days for this next cycle in a full moon. You're going to release. You're going to go ahead and say, I don't need that. I'm looking back on those 28 days. Like, what can I let go of? And really, really, I don't like to use the word use so much, use the energy, but just really embrace the energy of those times of those new moons and full moons. Whereas eclipses are, yeah, you just kind of got to trust. There's not like, like Meredith said, there's really not a lot of control. <laughs> so like we can't harness it. And so you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to set intentions at this time. You're not going to want to use it to manifest. You're really just going to want to reflect and observe. And I think looking at the house that it's, it's hitting you in is, is helpful to be like, okay, where do I want to do a little self-study? Um, you know, like people talk about charging crystals under the full moon or the new moon or whatever, like do not do that during eclipses. Like this is just different energy. Yeah, it's wild card. And uh, one of my favorite eclipse stories is I should say that something in your life can also get eclipsed. Uh, and one of my favorite examples of this, do you guys remember the Oscars a couple of years ago that La La Land was uh, announced the winner? Uh, yeah. They're like, oh, just kidding. It's Moonlight. Uh, that happened within a few days of an eclipse. And that was definitely wild card energy. And the winner actually got eclipsed for a second. And the winner, uh, the name of the movie was Moonlight. So okay. that's like the kind of stuff you can't wow. make up. And if you go through <laughs> oh eclipses God. in history, a lot of the royal family 
uh, what's the oldest kid? Uh, Prince, whatever. William. <laughs> William. William was born on an eclipse. I believe his mother was too. I need to fact check that. But yeah, if you look through prominent figures in history, a lot of them were born on eclipses. This is big, big energy. Whoa. And yeah, I, I do consider it somewhat of a portal. An eclipse, the solar eclipse is a new moon, um, but it's a new oh. moon that's not going to come back around in that magnitude for another six months. So you can do intentions on an eclipse, but you also have to kind of, kind of trust that they're mm-hmm. outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I remember um, when the day I decided, okay, yep, I'm going to close down my wellness consulting business. And I remember the day. I remember the date. And then like six months later, I had my first astrology natal chart reading and I was like, hey, what was that eclipse in? And she was like, oh, did you have a big career change on that day? And it was like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what was the date? I'm really curious. It was like August 22nd of 2017, the 22nd or the 28th. There was a total solar eclipse on August 21st, 2017. Yes, that in, one. In Leo. Yep. Yes. Cool. So yeah, Leo. you had, yeah, it was a Leo eclipse. Um that's a big and dramatic one. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that where your home. North Node is too, Gina? That's yeah. your North Node. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Wow. In your 10th house. So that was a, a career changing eclipse for you. Wow. Yeah. I think See, that's that is like so wild. What I want to tell everyone, if anyone listening is learning astrology, go back in time. Yeah. Go yes. if you're learning transits, don't go forward. I mean, I can go forward, but you're still just guessing. Like go back in time and then you'll start to learn. Go to the major events in your life. Look at the transits, look at the eclipses, and that's how I learned and I'm still learning by going back in time. Um and that to me is just proof, <laughs> evidence yeah. that astrology is legit. I can almost better predict things in the past than I can in the future. Um and that's just again how we're wired as humans. So something that I think is really cool is when I reflect back, like I can see how it unfolds in my life, but more importantly, I can see the subtlety of it, how it's like, I would have missed this. When I think back to that day where I was like, I'm going to close it, I'm done. It was the least interesting part of that day. It did not, it seemed like a decision that I was glad I had made. I'd literally been thinking about it for like three or four years, Um, but it wasn't this, the earth shattering moment one might think it was. And so that's what I like too, about looking back on astrology is you can see really the subtle, the subtleties of it all mm-hmm. and how that can grow, you know, just like the little tweak on the bar graph and pretty soon you're, you know, in a totally different spot. Yep. Yeah. I think of eclipses is also like a ball bouncing on the ground. And every time the ball hits the ground and bounces up, that's the eclipse. It's that impact of the ball to the ground and you bounce up and you fall back again in six months so it's like yeah you keep moving um in that kind of energy yeah this was so good anything else to add i mean i can talk to five in the morning (laughs) let's do it (laughs) um no i went through my list uh went through my gemini tidbits i think that's all i've got unless ashley you want to chime in no, you guys, I always learn so much. This is my favorite. So fun. So, Time so, of the <laughs> so is next, next up is cancer, right? Yeah, yes. Ashley might have to take Ashley. the lead on that one. Birthday month. Birthday. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I love my birthday. I just want to say this like verbally because I think some people feel shameful about like gifts. 
I love gifts. I love my birthday. You guys are both very thoughtful humans and have like sent me gifts before. I flip and remember that stuff. So not that you have to get me a birthday gift, but like, seriously, I will never forget those things because they're so, they're so special. Well, thank you for giving us a a really good example of Venus and Leo, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the gifts. Is that your love language? Do you know what your love language is? Have I, you read that book? I'm, I'm, tying, read that I'm tying it to astrology. So I want to know if yours is gifts. Um, you know what? Now I'm going to read it. I'll read it. Homework. It's a really, you could actually take the quiz online. Just take it online. Okay. Um, and what's, let me see, Gina, I want to get, do you know, Gina, do you know yours? Um, it's funny because I've actually I think acts of service. About, is it acts of service? It? I don't know. I've been okay. thinking about retaking it because I can't remember. And I feel like I've evolved in pretty key ways since I took it Mm, I guess the way I feel like I show up in my relationship with Alex is just a little bit more less clingy and scared and (laughs) (laughs) we've got a good foundation you know it's on Blinkist you guys five love languages on Blinkist just not that I'm sponsored by them or anything (laughs) but just like FYI okay I should we talk about love languages next time yes or we could like, just do an episode on Venus. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm tying Venus to love languages. So yeah, I want to guess Venus and Leo, Ashley, gifts, uh, Gina, Venus and Virgo. I want to guess service or time. Me, uh, time. Venus and Aquarius. And, yeah, and air sign, I'm words. So yeah, I've been oh. kind of playing around with this. I like being a Gemini inquisitor to my clients. I'm like, what's your love language? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I can do my research on my Venus signs. Oh my God, that is so cool. God, I love this stuff. When we get to Cancer Leo, we can talk more lovey-dovey stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect. Well, thank you both so much, and I will see you next month for a little Cancer thank action. You. There it is. That is our episode for today. I can't thank you enough for being here, listening, sharing this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for being open to the power of these fun conversations. I started this podcast because I felt alone in these weirdo thoughts. So having these conversations on a very frequent basis publicly, while sometimes is scary, has introduced me to a world of people. And I can't say it enough, you all help me feel normal in the best way possible. So thank you, thank you for being you, and thank you for being here. As always, take anything from this episode that has helped you and just leave the rest.